when I talk to adults about teenagers, uh, some adults get it. Some adults get it. All of your leaders, they get it. They're legit people. They, they get it. Um, but there's always those, there's always those adults that I have to kind of get your back for, uh, because I think teenagers are awesome and that's why I do what I do. But, uh, there's some adults who just kind of disagree with me a little bit about your awesome level. Um, and so when I talk to, when I talk to adults about teenagers, uh, kind of like that refrain you hear, even if it's not like talking person to person, sometimes just like in, in the world, you kind of pick up on a kind of a, uh, older folks having this perspective on you that you are, um, pretty lazy, right? That you like to sleep a lot and you're a little bit disrespectful and, uh, you just kind of are some good for nothings, right? But I know different. I know different. I know you're not lazy. I know you're some incredibly driven, incredibly hardworking people just at weird stuff. Like you're dedicated. Like, like you, you, I, I know how hard you work for the oddest things. Like you don't have to raise your hand. You can if you want to, but a lot of you, at least of one gender persuasion have, have watched half hour videos about how, about how to like apply makeup in this one specific technique. And then you've gone to whatever those makeup stores that I can't pronounce the names of. And you spent 40 bucks on that makeup from that YouTube video with that 12 year old in it. And then you tried for two hours to make yourself look like that thing failed repeatedly, kept washing it off, tried again. And then you finally got it on there sort of right. And by then it was like 11 o'clock at night. So you just sent a picture to your friends and then washed your face and went to bed. I hope you washed your face. Otherwise your face was like on your pillow the next morning. Right. That's dedication. You worked super hard at that. Like you're, you're in it, man. I, I know that there are some of you, some of you guys, like you're so dedicated like you're, you're so committed. You're such a hard worker that you will forego food. You will forego sleep. You will forego any interaction with any live human female in order to beat the other guys in your friend group, high score or like level or whatever. Like you want to level up just one, one level above everybody else in your friend group. Like you'll stay up for three days straight just to, just to beat them by that much. You're hardworking people, man. You get it. There's some of you who, man, you spend, you spend every waking moment. You're out, you're out somewhere, you're lifting something, you're doing some kind of workout, you're out running, like you're, you're working out, you're doing whatever you have to do to try to actually get to play that sport that you're on the team for and stop riding the bench every single time and you still ride the bench and you still spend every waking moment trying to get just Good enough. And the ones of you who do get to play, you spend all of that time and all that energy, all of that to play a thing that you know in three years you're never going to play again in a real kind of way. Unless it's like some junior college somewhere that nobody heard of. Are you you with me? There's some of you uh, who band folks, man. Where's my band folks in here? Like, just throw a hand up in there if you're a band. Let's just talk. People like pointing fingers and stuff like he's in the band. Yeah. Yeah. You put it down. You're good. Yeah. So here's the thing about band. Here's the thing about band. Like 
band world gives you the most grueling schedule. Like, it's like 30 hours a week. Like, and no one's paying you. If I'm going to do something 30 hours a week, I want to get paid for it. But like 30 hours a week, you're like doing the things, right? And like, you're, you're doing it, man. And then, and it's like, like, on top of that, you have to learn stuff at home and practice stuff. And at some point, you're supposed to like go to school, sort of, right? But your whole world can end up like you're like fully committed, like over, like you're more committed to, to your thing than your parents are to like their career, they're like, I just want to go on vacation. Like, I can't go on vacation. I have to go to band practice. Like, I have to be there. <laughs> Mr. Whoever will fire me. Oh, wait, I'm not getting paid. Why am I doing this? What's happening? Some of you, like, okay, so this is, one, this is an area I just feel bad for you. Because when I was in, when I was in high school, like, 4.0 was all you got. All right? It didn't matter what you did. It didn't matter who you paid off. You couldn't get higher than a 4.0. But you people, like you guys are trying to get like sevens and stuff. I don't know what your scale is anymore, but you're, some, of, some of you are out here and you're like, I've got to have the highest GPA in my entire school. I've got to beat everybody. I'm going to get a 4.924. If it is the last thing I do, I do not care. I will go to Alabama and, and no one care, but it's going to be fine. Like I, it's going to be great. You're hardworking people, man. You're committed. You're in it. You know how to grind. Like you, you are, you are incredibly driven just at really weird stuff. And my, my fear for you, listen, my fear for teenagers when I talk to you about how incredibly driven you are, how, how committed you are to the things that you are so committed. I'm worried that you are building for yourselves bubble towers. Like you are spending all this time and all this energy, every breath inside of you to construct this tower made of bubbles, which ultimately is going to blow away. I built a lot of bubble towers in high school. Not a one of them is still standing. If we're people who are living our lives to, to just dedicated, just driven, just pouring our hearts out to construct things that will not last... There's a purposelessness in that that's heartbreaking. You know, your, your culture, our world, man, we're obsessed with significance. Everybody, in a Christian or not Christian, it doesn't matter. We're people who just want to be significant, who want to find significance. We want to matter. We work hard to matter. You work hard to matter. You want to see the things that you're involved in. You want to see it matter. Like, even if your thing is being super apathetic and just working for your comforts, you're going to be the best at that. Americans are hard workers. We're get it done kind of people. We're driven to succeed. Man, we got books and books. We can fill libraries with the books on how to get more done. But done for what purpose? Yeah, if you want to be the best, man, there's something incredibly valuable in that. There's something incredibly valuable in being hardworking and being driven, but as long as it's for a purpose. But if you're trying to be the best, I just want you to think about what you're trying to be the best at. Because is it going to last? Is the thing that you're striving so hard at, is it, is it going to last? Is it going to matter in 10 years? Is it going to matter in 100 years? Is it going to matter in eternity? Because if it's not, 
You're not finding significance at all. I think what too many people are finding when they get to be my age and older is that they've spent their whole lives up to that point driving and striving and churning and grinding to, to, to in pursuit of things that just don't matter and just don't last. And all of these years go by. And in the end, the bubble tower blows away. In Matthew 6 and verse 19, Jesus he says this. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. He says, do not do this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. I love the idea of treasure. I mean, I don't think there's a one of us who's not kind of captivated by this idea of treasure. We're all treasure hunting kind of people. We just, we like, we, this, you know, and like finding some treasure that's not yours is one thing. But all of us, we all have this tendency to treasure up things for ourselves, the things that we care about most, the things that our hearts are most attached to. Those are, are the things that we treasure. Now, it's interesting that he doesn't say don't lay up treasures whatsoever. Just don't value things. Like, don't value anything. Don't really pour your heart into anything. No, he doesn't say don't treasure things. Don't, like, I'm not saying like physical objects, but whatever it is, all right? So he doesn't say don't treasure anything. It's just he's saying don't treasure, don't, don't store them up, don't lay them up on earth. See, the warning, the warning is about the location. There's something in all of us that there's, there's different things to you that, that are your treasure, like the thing that, you, that matters most to you. And for most of you, you, you're driven by one primary thing. Even if you can't articulate what it is, you don't have two, two treasures, you don't have multiple things that your heart is really chasing after, that you're fully given to. That's just one thing, your treasure. So what do you treasure? What is your heart fully given to? What are, what are you driving after? What is the purpose of, of your day, your day-to-day, the thing that you're, you're pouring yourself into? What is your treasure? Even if you can't really articulate it, let me give you some ideas. Maybe your treasure status, all right? Maybe it just, I mean, that's, all of us, we're going to be on one of these lists, okay? So just be honest with yourself. Maybe, maybe your treasure status. I meet mean, a lot of teenagers like this because you're kind of told to do this. Like, you elevate yourself by being elevated in the eyes of everybody else around you. So you end up trying to treasure this and, and work towards this, be given to just kind of being a little bit higher up on this status thing. You want people to like you. That's why sometimes I'll go to fall retreat where there's no Wi-Fi um, and you've run out of data and um, the tears start coming when you realize your Snapchat, your Snapchat streaks are going to end. Why do you, think about that. Why do you care? Status. It's just status. How many of you spent like an entire like, I don't even want to guess how many hours, <laughs> making sure that you got to level 20 on Apex Legends before anybody else did. You'll let them talk about that for a minute. The rest of us who don't know what that is, we'll just hang out while they talk. Cool. All right, up here. Good. Some of you just did it. Some of you just looked at the person around you and, and, and you compared what level you were on because your treasure's status. It doesn't even matter where the status comes from, whether the thing is ridiculous or not. 
your treasure, your heart is drawn towards status. The thing that you are given over to is being lifted high in the eyes of someone else. Why do you do that? Because your treasure is status. Some of you work incredibly hard to collect friendships. You don't really care about those people. You just want to have enough people saying you're awesome and enough people liking you that you get this cloud around you that you can just ride on and feel important. You collect people like objects. And you'll do whatever you need to do and say whatever you need to say and act however you need to act to get those people to like you because you're trying to collect friendships because your treasure is status. Some of you will do it. anything that you need to do just to get that cute boy or that cute girl into your Instagram story that other people will think you're important and they might actually like him. And then status. And your whole world revolves around you being lifted just a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit higher in the eyes of some other middle school and high school kids who in four years you're not going to know their names. Is it going to last? Maybe you treasure up just nice things. This is, this is a lot of us, man. This is materialism. We're a materialistic culture. We like nice things. And so these materialistic things kind of tether us to the world where we have to just work and strive and, tr- and, and churn and like go get jobs at Chick-fil-A and work 65 hours a week handing people chicken. It's my pleasure. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not your pleasure. It's your job. All right. I'm going to say that to the next. I'm going to say that when Seth tells me that my pleasure, I'm like, it's your job, Seth. It's not your pleasure. I don't even know where Seth is. It's your job. Nailed it. He likes his job, and so whatever. But, the, but there's something, like a lot of us were like, I want to buy that thing, so I have to get a job that I don't care about and I'm not really devoted to, and I'm going to be lazy at and mess around and like do a horrible job at this so somebody will pay me just enough money to do the, get the thing that I want. I want the thing. I want the nice thing. Like the term sneakerhead is weird. The amount of money that some people spend on like sneakers that have to stay pristine. Like you can't even wear them. Dude, just shoes, man. They go on your feet. Your feet smell weird. Like it's just a, it's a thing on your foot. Like, but I love, I like nice things. I like nice things. And then when you get older, the things just get bigger, right? Some of you have multiple closets. Some of you have multiple closets, like your dad doesn't have any clothes, so you took over his closet because he wasn't using it, right? And you wore all those clothes like twice. You can't wear them again. I can't be seen like that. What? You kidding me? I need more. More. Yeah. I don't know what your stuff is. I don't know. But then you end up being a person. Listen, you end up being a person who so, has so treasured up nice things You just like the stuff that you have to get a job just to buy you more stuff. All of which, all of which is going to fall apart. Like everything that you had to have two years ago at Christmas, you can't even remember what it was. Maybe you treasure up nice things. Maybe it's, maybe it's accomplishment. This is, this is where my, this is, this is my vein. All right. So maybe, maybe it's accomplishment for you. So you work in, you're working and you're striving just like pile up accolades and accomplishments, whether that's in your sport where you got to be the best or that's in band where your second chair is not good enough. And so you'll put in 60 hours a week to try to hit first chair. Like, or, or if it's, if it's, if it's your grades where like, like you have, like you're just driven by this desire for fulfillment through hitting a certain GPA average. Being in the top percentage, like whatever percent point you're acceptable in, in your school, you're driven just by this, this need to accomplish. Kind of approach, th- you, kind of, you approach life as a thing to be won. 
Is that you? You approach life as this thing to be won because you hope that in the accolades and the praise you're going to find value. There's this other group of you, I don't want to leave you out, um, that you're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't try to anything. I don't care about video games. I don't care about school. I don't care about anything. Your treasure is comfort. And you may think that you're, you're like, I'm, I'm above all this. I'm beyond all this. I'm not striving. I'm, I'm not trying to do any of this. I've, I've, I've beat the system. I'm, I'm out. No, 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 no. You're, <laughs> you're incredibly driven by your own comfort. And no, and like people don't matter. Nothing matters. Like your family doesn't matter as long as you get to, as long as you get to binge watch the Ted Bundy tapes, like as long as you get to do what you want to do and nobody's going to bother you and nobody's going to interrupt you and and nobody's going to step in on your time to ask anything of you. No, you're working incredibly hard at preserving your comfort. What's your treasure? Don't just hear me say those words. Like, I want you to think in your head, everybody in the room, like, what is, what is it that you treasure? What is, it, what is it that you are given to? What is, what is your heart driving after? What is the thrust of your life? Listen, Jesus gets that we're going to treasure something. He's just warning you about chasing things that aren't going to last. He's warning you about constructing bubble towers that are going to blow away. Listen, your status... <laughs> based on a bunch of middle school and high school kids, is going to blow away. Your, your things that you've worked so hard to gather up for yourself are going to blow away. The, 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 your accomplishments and accolades, man, nobody cares 10 years down the road. That's when Jesus comes back in. He says, don't lay up for your treasure, yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. He said, the things that we gather up for ourselves, the things that we treasure here on this, this earth, in this life, that don't matter for today, they only matter for right now, all of them are going to pass away. Like when it says about moths, like I, one time I had a suit in my closet. It's just in my closet. I only have one suit because why would you have more than one suit? I don't know, right? And so there's one suit and then I pull it out. I've got to go to a wedding and there's holes in it. Because a moth got in there and like ate it. That's what moths do. I don't know if that's happened to you yet. It's coming. It's super annoying. All right. So your closet's full of whatever. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna be over it before a moth ever gets to it anyway. But like, it's gonna it's gonna pass away. Rust is the second one it mentions. Like rust can destroy. Like my my first car was this old '88 Wrangler, and at the time it was kind of okay. Um, but now it's super crazy old, and everything on it is junk. And I remember like pleading with my parents to just go halvesies on this thing. Like, can you just hit meet me halfway here? Let's just go halvesies on this piece of junk Jeep. And they're like, fine, we'll go halvesies. I had to have this thing. You know what? That thing's been sitting in my driveway for three months, and I haven't started it once. It's just this liability. Every time I drive it, like, down the street, something falls off. I have to, it literally falls off. The thieves stealing stuff, man. Like, I don't know if you've ever had anything stolen from you. One time McBride comes in, uh, all like, you know, like Charlie Brown. Right? He left his car open and somebody stole his guitar out of his back seat. Yeah, I know, right? And Jesus is like, see? <laughs> what do you treasure? What's your treasure? Is it going to last in 10 years? Is it going to be there? Is it going to matter in 100 years? Is it going to matter for eternity? What is your heart drawn after? What are you giving yourself to? Is it going to matter? Or are you building bubble towers? I've built a lot of bubble towers. Listen, in the late 90s, when I grew up, best decade ever, right? Nirvana was a thing. You don't even know what that is. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm talking about me and that guy. Um, in the late 90s, there was this craze, okay? Swept across, not the country, swept across the globe, okay? This global, this global craze, like swept across the, 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 the world. People spent thousands and thousands of dollars on it, okay? Thousands of dollars on it. People, people went on heists. People literally like held up trucks and like stole truckloads of it. Cops went on raids about it. People spent their entire life savings on it. And today no one cares. It's, it's, it's literally without value. It was these little things that maybe uh, you might have somewhere in your house. They're called, they're called beanie babies. Literally, listen, 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 listen. Literally, like, the cops were going on, like, raids for crime syndicates. And there's, like, the pile of cocaine and the pile of beanie babies. And they're like, it's a huge bust. It's a huge score for the police department. We got all the beanie babies. They're all in my house now. Like, you know, whatever. It's... People literally spent their entire life savings buying Beanie Babies because they were going to send their kids to college on Beanie Babies. No one wants your Beanie Babies. No one wants your Beanie Babies. And then you, what you and I do, we think, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. We wouldn't do that. No, we, we told people, that's silly. We don't want to do that. Um, and, then, and then we just, we, but we spend ourselves. We spend all of our time. We spend all of our energy. We spend all of our person. We spend who we are on stuff that isn't going to matter in like just a few short years. Jesus says, don't, don't do this, man. Don't, don't, don't spend your life treasuring up things that are temporary, things that are going to fade, things that are going to be taken away from you. Don't do this. Let me, let me ask you something to help you figure out your treasure. All right? I, I, if you don't have it in your head yet, I want you to have it in your head. So let me, let me ask you this question to help you figure out what your treasure is. What could you not bear to lose? What could you not bear to lose? If like your parents came in and they said, no more, no more, it would crush you. What is it? Well, I think about, like, I really think about this. If your parents said, you can no longer see them, you can't talk to them ever again, it would crush you. What is it that if they said, look, um, you've like flipped a car in a ditch or whatever, like, I don't know. And so this is no longer yours. And you just couldn't, you just couldn't deal. Like you couldn't figure out, like you don't know what you would do with yourself after that. What is it, like if it was, if you got, if maybe it's an injury and your whole sport thing was like just gone like that. What is it that if it was taken away from you, you just could not bear it? You know, all of those temporary things, whatever it is, whether you lose it today or not, like all of those things are going to fade away. They're going to pass. They're going to fade. If they're ultimately going to pass, if they're ultimately going to fade, if they're ultimately going to be taken away from you, and your entire life is built around that, 
That temporary thing, if it's, if it's built around your high school status, if it's built around your achievements as a high school athlete or a, as a high school student, like if it's built around that and that thing is then gone, because it's going to be gone, who, who are you going to be? Or what's your life going to be about then? Because it's going to pass away. What's going to happen when it passes away? How are you going to deal with it? If you're, if you're living your life for temporary towers, like what's... What are you going to do? Thankfully, Jesus gives us an alternative. Jesus makes an alternative possible for us, something better, something lasting to drive for. Because the drive is valuable. The work ethic is valuable. The commitment is valuable. It's just about what you're committed to. So in verse 20, he says, he gives you alternative. In verse 20, he says, instead, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. It's eternal treasures, things that matter for eternity. Where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. Jesus is calling you and I to live for something better, to live for something that lasts, to live for something that's worth our time and our energy and our effort, that's worth our heart. He's saying, why are you living for that when you could live for me? The life wouldn't be wasted on this ridiculous stuff, but a life would count for the sake of eternity. There's this guy a few years ago that was part of our student ministry named Alex Beck. I don't know if you know Alex Beck. He's a man. Um, and uh, Alex was in, he was, he was in uh, junior high greenhouse with me and then got to ninth grade and something like snapped in Alex's head. And um, he just kind of went nuts uh, in the most awesome way. Because what snapped in Alex's head was his commitment to live for things that don't matter. He's an incredibly talented guy, like super hardworking. Like, and, and he still is a hardworking guy. He still makes incredible grades. He's still, I mean does all those things. He's just not living for them. He's a great soccer player. He was, I mean, he was like, just like trucking people in soccer and, you know, respected as, a, as an athlete, respected as a student, but he wasn't living his life for those things. You can work hard at things and not live your life for them. You can be, you can be great at some things, but not be living your life for those things. So he's still a great athlete. He's still a great student, but the thing he lived his life for was the name and renown of Jesus. And so he decided the thing that's going to actually matter for the sake of eternity is people's eternity. Whether or not someone knows Jesus, how well he knew Christ and how well other people around him knew Christ. So what Alex started to do was invest in his relationship with Christ and the people around him's relationship with Christ. So he got in here in ninth grade, and I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating. There wasn't, I can't remember a week that went by where I didn't meet some other ninth grader. Like, just some other ninth grader. I'm like, all right, cool, like, what's your name, whatever, and they're like, hey, my name's whatever. And I'm like, cool. So you're a ninth grader. And they're like, yeah, I'm a ninth grader. I'm like, Alex, Alex invites you. Yeah. I'm like, are you friends with Alex? No, not really. Seems like a good dude. I'm like, he is. You should hang out with Alex. Right. And there's just all these people that are showing up because Alex is just walking up to people and saying, Hey, my name's Alex. What's your name? They're like, I don't know you. He's like, I don't care. What's your name? Mine's Alex. I already said that, you know, he started up a conversation. They start talking about life and Alex is like, cool. That's awesome. And he just care about them. And he would care about them enough that he cared about their eternity, not just their interests or their value to him. So he cared about their eternity enough. He'd say, hey, listen, there's this thing we do on Wednesday night. It's called Greenhouse. It's awesome. Like, you hear truth, and, like, it's, it's just good, and it's fun. You get to be around all these people. You should come. You should come hang out with us. And they would come, and Alex would, like, help them in the door, connect them with some people that were doing the same kind of stuff, and they would be in. I can't tell you. I don't even know how many people gave their life to Christ because Alex Beck said, hi, my name's Alex, and he cared about their eternity. And because he had done that with them, he had done that with high school students, 
they just kind of assumed that, hey, I've just found hope in Christ, and they've like trusted Jesus as their Savior. And so they started doing the same thing. And so these people that Alex was reaching with the gospel, as he tried to invest in them, they just became people who invested in people's eternities as well. And there was this group of guys just committed to living for something eternal. Something clicked in all of them where, yeah, we're going to be incredible at the things that we do. We're going we're to do a great job in school and do a great job in sports and band and whatever. We're going we're gonna to try hard and do great. But we're not going to live for that. We're going to use all of those things as a platform to do something eternal. It's an incredible thing. Listen, what, what, what matters for eternity? What, like, what are the treasures in heaven that where nothing can take it away, where nothing can destroy it, it can't be swept away, the tower can't be taken away from you? What are those things? It, it, it's, it's knowing Christ and making him known. So it matters for eternity. Whether, whether you know Jesus, whether you've come to a point that your sin's been taken away from you, that you're following him, that you're finding hope and joy and peace in him, that can't be taken away from you. So the first is knowing Christ. Do you know Christ? Have you trusted him as your savior? Have you got to the point where like, okay, I'm not just going to believe that God exists. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to follow him hard. Have you done that? Have you said, have you, have you had a conversation with Jesus where you said, I, I don't just want to know about you. I want to follow you. I want to know you personally. Will you be my savior? Will you forgive me? Listen, Jesus died on the cross for you 2,000 years ago. He's not going to do it again. Like he, he died on the cross for you already. Forgiveness is waiting on you. Redemption's waiting on you. A new life is waiting on you. And until you've, until you've trusted him as your savior, that's your first step. That's the first thing you can do that matters for eternity. Have you done that? If not, man, I, I would plead with you not to leave this room tonight until you talk to me or one of your leaders or one of your friends about how to do that. And if you have, have you started to really live your life for him? Or did you just like check a box and say, yeah, I prayed a prayer. Maybe when I was like eight years old at a VBS or something and said, yeah, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't want to go to hell or whatever. So I'm going to like follow Jesus. But are you actually following him? Are you living your life for him in a, in, a, in a way that shows faith and trust? Because that's, that's salvation. So knowing about Jesus and praying a prayer doesn't save you. Following Jesus saves you. And then third, man, are you, are you living a life? so fixated on, on the eternal. That it's not just about you following Jesus, but man, you want to see the people around you come to follow Jesus. You care about their eternity enough that you're willing to speak up and say, hey, and care about somebody. And not just care about them and what they're doing that day, but care about their eternity. Are you, are you living in a way that, that matters? That's going to matter in 10 years, in 100 years, in 10,000 years? Are you investing yourself in things that are going to count? For good, forever. Jesus closes out the passage in 21 where he says this. He says, listen, for where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your treasure is on a ball field, that's where your heart's going to be. And, and if that's where your heart is, then Jesus doesn't have your heart. If, if you're... If you're if your treasure is in your academics, then that's where your heart is. If like, that's where you, that's the driving force of your life, that's why you exist, then that means your books have your heart. And oh, Jesus, you can be great at that. You can have a 4.924 all day and not be living for it. 
If your heart is after, if your, if your treasure is in status, that's where your heart is. If your, if your treasure is in academics, that's where your heart is. If your treasure is in your comfort, that's where your heart is. And in all those cases, if that's where the driving point of your life, if that's all you're working for, that's, that's who you are, then you're not following him. And that's a terrifying place to be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, students, you can't have two treasures. You can't have two driving thrusts of your life. You can't. You have one. Jesus doesn't want half your heart. He says, if you, you'll seek me and you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart, not part of it, not half of it, not the leftovers from your, all of your other things. You'll seek me and you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. It's heartbreaking, um, literally heartbreaking to watch teenagers and really just our world at large. It's heartbreaking to watch us work so hard for things that are going to fall apart, things that are going to fade, and things that are going to be forgotten. It's heartbreaking to watch people live their lives, be driven by things that don't matter than Christ. Christ, there is a treasure that does not fade, that does not rust, that can't be taken from you, that matters for eternity. I'm begging you, if you don't know Christ, invest in the eternal. Make sure that you've, you've trusted Christ, your Savior, and then make sure that you're living for him, and then make sure that you're living for him in a way that helps other people learn to live for him. It's, the only thing that matters is knowing Christ and making him known. And if that's not your treasure you're constructing bubble towers. That's going to blow away. Our band's going to come. They're going to lead us one more song response. And, and here's, here's what I want you to do. As they lead, I just want you to have a conversation about, with God about what your treasure is. They're going to do all this, and, but this, I just want it to be you and Jesus. I mean, if, you're, if, you, if you know what your treasure is, and maybe, maybe, I, maybe I named it, maybe I didn't, you, but you know what it is, right? I just want you to have a space. You can stand with us and whatever, but like, I don't even want you to sing. I just want you to be there. I want you to confess before the Lord what that treasure is. I'm going to say, Jesus, the thing in my life that I treasure most is this. This is what I'm living for. This is, this is where all my time, all my energy, all my heart goes. This is what I'm doing. And I, I got, I, I, I want to live for something eternal. I want to make an impact for eternity. If you do, then tell them that. And say, God, would you, would you change my heart? Would you give me a new heart? Would you give me a heart for you and for eternity instead of this? Ask that of him. I think he'll be faithful to help you start.